Hello, Captains. It's me, Skiffy. In our 2019 Year in Bloopers episode, you heard Elijah say some pretty great things about the volunteers of Priority One Podcast. We were all really flattered by his kind words, but we quickly realized he forgot the most important person, himself. So I'm here to fix his mistake like I do most weeks in post. You see and hear Elijah almost every week, but what you likely don't see or hear is his tireless work behind the scenes. Scheduling interviews, task delegation, producing and QAing content, planning away missions like our trip to Ticonderoga, and attending conventions to provide you with up-to-the-minute news and reviews. That list goes on and on and on. For over 400 episodes, Elijah has selflessly given his time to producing and hosting Priority One. It's his drive, confidence, boldness, kindness, and selflessness that has made the show what it is today. He is the voice of our podcast, the face of our new Captain's Vlog YouTube program, and the very heart and soul of our organization. We are lucky to call him our Cuban overlord and our friend. Cheers, buddy, and thank you. Hi, this is Shane, associate producer. I'd like to say thank you, Elijah, for making this amazing podcast happen. And thanks for letting me go from being a listener to being part of the team. Hey, Elijah, I'd like to pitch a podcast idea at you. The Exploits of Elijah, a Priority One podcast. We'll just talk about all the cool things you've done, like the time you talked me off the ledge after my first scathing prelude review, or the time you crushed it in New York on Engage the Official Star Trek podcast, or, ooh, 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 the time in Vegas where you got an interview with the oft-declining John Delancey. You're a rock star, dude. Thank you for, well, everything. Now, on to the show. This week on Priority One, the marketing for Picard has reached warp speed. Space Force gets a new Trek-centric name, and a small town in Indiana wants to celebrate Voyager's 25th anniversary. In Star Trek Online and Gaming News, the Borg have resurged. The Clear Skies RPG show announces its Stowe partnership, and Star Trek Bridge Crew arrives on a new system. Finally, we open hailing frequencies and receive all of your incoming messages. RPN the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, January 7th, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, January 10th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Anthony. And I'm Kat. And as you may have heard, Elijah's not with us this week. Aww. I have no funny joke to tell. I didn't prepare anything. Feel better. (laughs) Yes, Elijah is under the weather this week. We wish him well, and we hope he gets back soon. We definitely miss him. But before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on the weekly conversations, whether via social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons, listeners like you and our new patron, Arnold Ogando, who support the ongoing production of this show by offering a financial contribution each month. Visit us at Patreon. 
patreon.com forward slash priority one pod and check out how you can become an admiral in the priority one podcast listener fleet. Captains, we know that giving up your hard-earned money to a podcast is a big ask, and we completely understand that. If you've ever wondered, Priority One is a community podcast produced by volunteers with a passion for Star Trek. So even if you can't make a financial contribution, we ask that you help in other ways. One way to support us is to jump on social media and engage with us. Hit those thumbs up, click that share button, retweet our posts. You, our listeners, are the best connection we have to new listeners. Now let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Several weeks before the premiere of Star Trek Picard, in fact, a day before this podcast even published, CBS All Access will have released the next short trek. This short trek is titled Children of Mars, and it promises tantalizing connections to the upcoming Picard series. On January 2nd, CBS released a teaser trailer for the new short. In the teaser, we are introduced to 12-year-old classmates Kima and Lil. The two girls attend a Federation school together, and we see several scenes of the pair picking on each other at the school. As they both seem to be facing punishment for their misbehavior, the school is shocked by an emergency alert. A Vulcan faculty member with a worried expression watches something speed past overhead, and we see the frightened girls hold hands. Now, there's a bit to unpack in this 30-second teaser. The first little Easter egg that pops up is the arrival of the school shuttle on screen. The 24th century school bus is none other than a very worn-looking Star Trek Discovery-era shuttlecraft. There's little chance this has any meaning for Picard, but it's a cute little bit of ship recycling and a nod to the other show. But the more interesting clues in the trailer are the ones that we can tie directly to the new Picard series. To begin with, there's the title of the short, Children of Mars. Additionally, there's a fleeting moment in this trailer where a news program is visible on a large wall display behind the alarmed Vulcan teacher. As the Vulcan turns his head, a ship can be seen dashing across the screen. If you've been caught up on all of the Star Trek Picard teaser videos to date, there's no mistaking that ship silhouette. It is the same ship seen in several of the recent Picard trailers. These ships are seen approaching Mars in numbers. They're seen firing weapons over a city while buildings erupt in balls of fire. As Picard's voice declares, we face a powerful enemy. They're seen speeding past an exploding space station. Picard, either in flashback or real time, is gripped by shock inside a starship lounge as Mars blooms with explosions outside the windows. It might seem like these ships are the attackers, but another Picard trailer throws a twist into the mix. Those ships we've seen in so much action are clearly marked with a large Starfleet insignia. So, the identity of Picard's powerful enemy seems to remain a mystery for now. Is it the Borg? Is it a Romulan faction? Is it a new alien species? It looks very much as if this week's short trek might finally give viewers an up-close view of this mysterious enemy as they rain destruction on Mars. Whatever answers the short trek provides, you can bet we'll be discussing it soon in an on-screen segment. So there was, there's a lot to unpack because we're talking about two different trailers. One for Star Trek Short Trek Children of Mars and then one for Picard. To be honest, until it was pointed out to me, I really didn't make a connection between the two. But there's a lot in, in going on in here. I've been on lockdown because I want to, I don't want to see any more trailers for Picard. I don't want to know any more about it. So I might, I mean, I guess I should watch the Short Trek, but... Since Picard's coming up so quickly, maybe it'll be okay. But I want to, you know, take it with fresh eyes. And I don't want 
you know, to know anything else about it before I watch it. Yeah, and if this does tie into Picard, I think the the ending will sort of leave us wanting to then step into the Picard series. And I, I kind of like the idea of them taking a short trek as a stepping stone into Picard, kind of shifting us away from the Discovery era content and then into the Picard content. I mean, if it sets the tone, for sure, you know, I just... I really want to watch Picard. I'm so excited for it. I mean, we're almost there. And to be honest with you, sort of like you, I did not really put myself on lockdown, but I didn't go out of my way to see every single trailer. Mm-mm. But I'll tell you, this they're everywhere. The marketing really has ramped up for this. And I, that kind of excites me that they're putting so much effort behind it. And I'm, I'm starting to get palpable excitement. I mean, I'm I, I can't wait for this. I'm rewatching TNG because I need a Picard fix before this show starts, and I also want to kind of have everything that's happened to the character fresh in my mind going into Picard. And there's been a lot of crazy theories out there. I all I know is that uh, I'm going to watch the short trek when it comes out and I just I need to watch Picard as soon as possible. Agreed. Well, that brings us to our first community question this week. Have you seen the short trek, The Children of Mars? What did you think? While it seems unlikely to ever become what we know as Starfleet, the United States Space Force is now officially a reality. The sixth branch of the U.S. Armed Services was established by December 20th's National Defense Authorization Act. And it seems those in charge have a sense of humor and just might be Trekkies because, according to a U.S. Air Force public affairs article, all of the 14th Air Force's personnel have been officially reassigned to a new unit called Space Operations Command. Yes, that's Spock for short. According to the article, the Spock provides space capabilities such as space electronic warfare, satellite communications, missile warning, nuclear detonation detection, and lots of others to the U.S. Space Force and other armed services. No word yet on whether this will be followed by a Kirk or Scotty division. This year will mark the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Voyager, and a group of citizens in Bloomington, Indiana, has achieved their hopes of celebrating the anniversary in a special way. Having met their crowdfunding goal of $12,500, the Captain Janeway Bloomington Collective Group will commission a monument to Voyager's fearless captain, Catherine Janeway. Speaking about the achievement, co-leader of the effort, Peter Kazmersik, said, quote, Since we announced we hit our goal, people just seem amazed that we pulled this off. We're not the first people who had this idea, but we're the first ones who really carried it through, end quote. So on May 23rd, shortly after the future birthday of Captain Janeway, a bust of the Starfleet captain will be installed to downtown Bloomington. Along with it, there will be a Starfleet Delta-shaped limestone base and an informational table about the captain. The collective had originally planned to have the monument installed on May 20th, Janeway's birthday, but the overwhelming number of people wishing to attend caused them to reschedule for the following weekend. The community will also celebrate the event with other events all week, like a Science of Star Trek event at the local science museum. The group has contacted CBS to help convince Kate Mulgrew to attend the event in honor of her famous role, but no promises have been forthcoming. To find out more about the event, follow the link in our show notes. How cool is that? I need to plan a trip to Bloomington, Indiana now. Yeah, I was thinking it was Illinois, but I guess there's a Bloomington, Indiana, which is probably bigger. Sorry for anyone that lives in 
Bloomington, Indiana. Well, it's because it's because uh, she was born in Indiana, that's right? right? Didn't she grow up in yeah. Indiana? In Bloomington. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to check out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. The announcement arrived during our winter break, and the official details for the Borg Resurgence event are here. Having begun this past Tuesday, January 7th, and running for the next three weeks, the Borg Resurgence event brings remastered versions of Infected, The Conduit, Kimmer Vortex, and Into the Hive. DPS chasers take note. Content designer John Hegner says in the announcement blog that Infected will still be a viable DPS check with some wonderful new voiceover. The goal for the remastering was to make these TFOs streamlined and more accessible to new players, with clearly defined success and fail conditions. You can complete any of these three TFOs to earn your daily progress, and once you've completed these for 14 days, you'll receive a set of the Cyclical Modulation Ground Weapons, which includes a Compression Pistol, Sniper Rifle, and Blast Assault Weapon. These weapons have a unique tertiary attack that, when activated, cycles the energy type it is firing while gaining shield and resistance penetration buffs. These weapons also feature a brand new weapon appearance never before seen. As we mentioned previously, this will be the final event in the free Tier 6 ship coupon campaign, and there will be the usual Zen buyout options available. So Kat, I know that you got to play at least the Infected uh, earlier today when this when this went live. What were your thoughts so far? I like the new voiceover. I mean, the mission didn't change, but I do like that it tells you more what to do. So for new players especially, you, so you, you know, go in there and it directs you. Some people just get in there and have no idea what, what to do. So I think it's it's good. It's really helpful. I think it's definitely more clear for people who either don't play them regularly or have never played them before. I I played both Infected and Kidmer Vortex. I think I played them both on the lowest difficulty setting. I just did the join from the event. Well, for the event, it's low, the normal, because I don't think you can do advanced yet, or can you? You can. They actually released advanced and elite. Okay, these. well, I haven't done elite. I haven't done those yet. I just played normal earlier then. And now, was it just me, or did it seem a little easier than normal on the normal difficulty level? It literally took like three minutes. Yeah, it was super yeah. easy. And I know it wasn't my ship doing all that damage, but still, it was really fast. So if if the, if these TFOs are something that you've been shying away from because you think that they're for just the people in the know or the people that have you know been doing them since they were originally you know because these were part of some bigger missions that were first in the game as as endgame content these have been around for quite a while I think those people who were kind of fearing them can can step in and do them quite easily now and and should probably take advantage of this and I mean it's pretty obvious that they want us to play them given the event. But um, I think that it's 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 a little easier than it would have been, and I think that it's definitely more clear what the objectives are and in what order you should do them. I'm pretty happy with these remasterings, and I'm looking forward to trying them on higher difficulty levels. Oh, definitely. 
I did read about the bug that's happening, but I think they're patching tomorrow so that hopefully that will get sorted. So I got my coupon progress. I just had legacy tokens, so I'm not really sure. I know you already got your your cyclical ground weapons, didn't you? Oh, man, I want (laughs) to... use those so bad uh but i haven't had time because we had to do this show so you know if we wrap it up soon enough i can go play with those (laughs) at the end of this month star trek online will begin its 10th anniversary celebration while we don't have any details on this major event star trek online is asking fans to share their favorite memory from the past 10 years you can do that by using hashtag 10 years of Stowe on Twitter and Facebook, or you can follow the links in our show notes. So, Kat, do you have a favorite memory of the past 10 years? Biking my first character and, like, logging into the game and just experiencing it for the first time. I really remember that, where you're just like, this is amazing! <laughs> so, I think that's my favorite moment. When I first logged into the game, as soon as I got into sector space, the very first thing I did was I flew to Deep Space Nine to to look around and walk around. That's the very first thing I did. So when you first logged into the game, did you do anything like that? Or did you just go through the normal story progression? Or did you ever take a moment and say, you know what? I'm in the universe. I got to go check this out. Oh, I think I just played story missions and tried to figure those out before I realized I could fly around. And I think one of the first places I went was Wolf 359. That was really cool. So yeah, just being kind of overwhelming, you know, if it's your first game and your first Star Trek game. But yeah, I stuck to story missions. I got stuck on a bunch, but Winters helped me. So it all worked out. Were there any other uh, standout moments from the past 10 years, even after you kind of got into the game and kind of figured out what you were doing? or I mean, you know, that first time you win something in a lockbox, you're like, oh my god, that just happened! <laughs> you know, a Phoenix box or something. Where you, that's really cool. Or, you know, that one ship that you saved all that EC to get. Uh, for me, Temporal Science Vessel, when it was just a T5. Yeah. I saved up forever to get that. <laughs> you know? That plus the immersion in the game, the mission. I mean, you could go on about the missions a lot, but, yeah. you know, for personal experiences, yeah. Um, I actually have my collector's edition physical copy right here. Oh, I have like two of those because I was trying to get Red Matter Capacitor. <laughs> I literally bought every single pre-order item from every store. In fact, this is my Target exclusive copy that I got the TR-116 carbine phaser rifle before there was an A and a B. So I got it, and it's a low-level, it's a low-level item, but you could, it's the one you can snipe through walls with a Mm -hmm. secondary attack. So back in the days when people were doing PvP quite a bit, I would do ground PvP, and there was a map that had two uh, levels on it. And so I used to target somebody on one level, and then run to the other level, and shoot them through the floor or the ceiling with my secondary attack. And they could never find me because I was just pinging them from the other floor. And I thought that was the coolest thing. The other great memory that I had was back in the day, there was separate Klingon and and, um, and Federation sector spaces. So you couldn't, if you were in one faction, you couldn't go in the other faction. Uh, the only way you could interact is in uh, PvP, I think. I, there might have been a couple of, of sector space zones where you could interact. But they took down the walls, so you could go wherever you wanted. So Federation characters could go to Kronos, and Klingon characters could go to to, um, Earth Space Dock or Starbase 1. There were Klingons invading 
Starbase One, and there were firefights in Quinn's office. And then to, to bring it all to a screeching halt, they just spawned in a bunch of Borg cubes. They just kept spawning them in, and there was so much havoc that the, the, the server crashed. And I think that that was their goal, was just to create so much havoc and spawn so many Borg ships that the server eventually went down. That, and then the first time I heard a Star Trek actor's voice in the game, I don't even remember who the first actor was. Was it Tasha Yar as Sila? I, I was just amazed that they added voice actors to the, to the game. And I was like, because oh, there was a time where there was no voice acting in the game. In fact, the Davidian, so the Davidian mission arc was the first time they actually put voiceover in the game. And it was the Bonnykin Bonnykin oh. was, was the very first voiceover that they ever put in the game. And well, I remember... That wasn't terrifying at all. No, it was I mean, exactly. <laughs> so I think it was those moments that really stood out for me. And then just the relationships that I made, the friendships I've made over the years and, you know, and continue to make, I think, are, are the things that are that's really stand out to me. And actually, that's going to bring us to our next community question. We also want to know what some of your favorite moments are from the past 10 years of Star Trek Online. Clear Skies, the Star Trek RPG show from the creators and cast of Shield of Tomorrow, streamed a roundtable Q&A this past week and made a few announcements. Towards the end of the discussion, it was revealed what their partnership with Star Trek Online would entail. The new show will take place aboard the USS Ross, named after the first Native American engineer, Mary G. Ross, and the ship design will be an original design from Star Trek Online's Thomas Maroney. The ship will be a variant of the Galaxy class, and the design will be an available skin in Star Trek Online sometime in the near future. The patch notes for PC this week had a few interesting things we wanted to mention. The devs have added an item filtering and searching option in all inventory windows. This includes personal inventory, bank inventory, and account banks. There are also two new material types for the Guardian Cruiser, the 8 and 8B versions, along with two new window types, 5 and 6. They've also resolved an issue with the winter event buyout not properly processing. So if anybody needs to do that, they have fixed it. And finally, ground Borg enemies will adapt slower to weapons that have a lot of ticks per firing cycle. I'm assuming this probably has something to do with the brand new cyclical modulation ground weapons since they tick every time you cycle through the energy type. Also, I would not be surprised if the Guardian Cruiser, which is actually an, a, a variant of the galaxy class if those new materials i bet those are for the for the uss ross ship well i'm excited for is it just new windows for that guardian that's what i surmised from what they said because they said there were new material types for the guardian cruisers i have a mirror universe guardian cruiser and i i logged in and checked it and sure enough there were two there were eight and eight b and then the two new window types i'm assuming that those are just for the guardian cruiser and now for some upcoming events in Star Trek Online. Captains on PC can rank up those commendations with a Junior Officer Weekend from January 16th through the 20th. And console captains can fend off the Tholians in a Tholian Red Alert Weekend from now until Monday, January 13th. This week in Armada News, join us every Tuesday as we team up with other Armada members to earn marks and dilithium. Also, we have some fleet announcements. We now have Alpha, Beta, Gamma fleets that are on our Fed side. They're all fully upgraded with Tier 5 colonies. So well done, all the members of those fleets. That's amazing. 
And on the KDF side, the House of Martok has its Tier 5 upgrade for the colony itself. It, all it needs really is provisions to finish and get it on cooldown. So if you are a member of the House of Martok, please contribute. House of Moog is now level 81 after it completed its final Starbase Tier 5 upgrade. So now the House of Moog is Tier 5. So congrats to everyone in the House of Moog. And we have a new feature every week in the Armada. We're calling it Tribbles and Bits. We want to hear from you. So we're just going to post some random questions on the website, and we just want you to, you know, let us know what you think. So if you could check out PriorityOneArmada.com, that'd be great, and let us know what you think of our questions. And now it's time for the top tip. In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's our top tip. The Borg Resurgence event brings us a set of new unique ground weapons. While there's three different versions depending on your ground build flavor, they each have a special third attack that replaces the melee attack and cycles the weapon through all of the different energy weapon types. Now it's possible that this may not be the weapon for you or at least not something your captain plans on keeping equipped. But we do want to mention one good reason to grind out the daily progress to acquire these unique weapons. Oftentimes we get presented with a personal endeavor to complete that requires a specific ground energy weapon type. If you're like me, I like to stick as close to cannon immersion as possible. So my feds have phasers, my Klingons and Romulans carry disruptors, you get the idea. So, completing a Tetrion Endeavor can be a bit bothersome. Well, with this jack-of-all-energy-type weapons, I can just cycle to the type I need for the Endeavor and finish it right up. So go out there and get the new shiny. It may just come in handy sooner than you think. The popular VR game Star Trek Bridge Crew puts you and three of your Starfleet crewmates in command of the bridge of a Federation starship, whether it's the bridge of the original 1701 Enterprise, a Kelvin Universe starship, or the 1701D bridge provided you purchase the TNG expansion, that is. Well, if you own the all-in-one Oculus Quest system, now you too can beam aboard your favorite bridge and crew your favorite starship in VR. Star Trek Bridge Crew can be purchased for the Oculus Quest for $29.99. This game is cross-platform compatible, so you can play with any of your friends who have the game, even if they're playing on PS4 or Oculus Rift. It is worth noting that even if you don't have a VR rig, the game can be played without it. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and hear your incoming messages. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Because of our break over the holidays, we didn't ask any community questions. But you guys are awesome anyway, and we'd like to take a moment to share some of your feedback. From listener Mazarkam, a new listener who reviewed our podcast, says, Out of this world, a great podcast with entertaining hosts who share a real love for Star Trek and certainly comes across to the listener. Aw, thanks. From PriorityOnePodcast.com. After listening to our year-in-review blooper reel, Sean Newboy writes, Excellent job. Way to finish strong. Missed opportunity, though, since this was basically a blooper reel, you should have ended with a perfect take of something that none of you expected to go that well. Well, Sean, if that ever, ever happens, we'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for the feedback. (laughs) Although that one time I did pronounce those uh, weapons that were crazy uh, with the name. 
uh, and didn't have to do it twice, which is shocking. That's true. That's true. So one time I got one thing right. <laughs> Let's also take a chance to discuss a recent question from our listener, Rebecca, who heard our discussion about the Captain Pike Ask Not short trek. And she asks, which training style do you enjoy best? TOS Pike or TNG? That's a good question. I So let's look at all the training scenarios in Star Trek. Because there's there's that one with Lorca and and Ash Tyler, right, in the holodeck. There's the one from the Wrath of Khan where they do the Kobayashi Maru for the first time. There's the one in the Kelvin universe where they do the Kobayashi Maru for the first time. There's a couple with there's a couple in TNG, the one with Wesley, the one with Wesley entering the academy. There's also the one, do you remember the one where Deanna Troy takes the commander test? Yes, that's right. That's a yeah. good one. That's actually one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with TNG. I would agree that I would say TNG, although I'd also add that if Pike wanted to train me in anything, I'd be down for that. <laughs> well, that wraps up episode 443 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there's more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcast.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with all of your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald. And before we go, here's our community questions for this week. Have you seen the Children of Mars short trek? What did you think? We also want to know what some of your favorite moments are from the past 10 years of Star Trek Online. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday. Just open your favorite podcast app and run a search for Roddenberry. There, you'll find us and our friends on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters and me and the Priority One Armada Saturday nights, the Armada Broadcast Live, to review the latest Star Trek online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brandon, Rand, Daniel, Roscoe, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, for assisting in the production of our weekly show, and to our writer, Shane Hoover. 
Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith from the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Su no. Engage. You should get this game and play it with us. I have Bridge Crew. We did play <gasps> together, no? No. I, I have the Enterprise play. expansion, too. Oh, well, oh, we've, so Elijah, good. we've all played before. I love Bridge Crew. I did you guys not invite played. me? Is that what happened? Uh, you just didn't invite I, me? It might have just been me and Winters and some other Armada folks. All right. That's cool. It's fine. I don't want to play with you guys anyway. And we see the frightening girls hold hands. Now, there's frightened. a bit to unpack. Uh, frightened girls. You said frightening girls. <laughs> Look, kids are scary. I know that from experience. But we would like to take a moment to share with you some feedback you've given us anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded condescending, didn't it? Good Lord. (laughs) Way to go, people. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I'm filling in for Elijah. I might as well sound like him, right? Oh, but... Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network